All right, you convinced me. Let's go see a dragon. Kay stands up as you finally convinced him to accompany you on your quest to perform the cataclysmic ritual and restore magic to the world of Urida by literally ripping the Aboleths out of the fabric of space-time and removing all that they have done and just destroying it, hence the name Cataclysmic. Outside of the small cylindrical room where you, Kay, Zafkug, etc. are, the vastness of wild space stretches, illuminated by uncountable numbers of stars and nebulae. Fun fact, nebulae is the plural of nebula. Mm. As Kay turns to collect his things, and by things, I do mean a pile of apple cats, and bundle them into like a large canvas sack, basically, you are left briefly to yourselves, the four founders set against a backdrop of the cosmos, still kind of dealing with the shockwave of like, Zothkug is in here, we're in here, now we're all acting like this is cool because we want our conversation with Kay and he's going to come with us. What's that conversation like? Or is it just an awkward silence? Like, I guess just take us into that moment where, it, you know, for like these five minutes, you have like a little <coughs> bit of it's just you all talking or, or in that space together. Uh, how, Sothkug, how long did you have to warm him up to the idea of coming down and helping? And he still was this resistant. I am just so curious. <laughs> uh, I think we went over this last time, man. It was what, like... Well, I guess <laughs> I missed a few minutes ago. Um, <laughs> it's been uh, a whole week. <laughs> um, it was what, like, like six months or something like that. That is, I. Alan is just still like, dis in disbelief at how difficult that was to convince Kay. I I, I tried explaining like things as, as best I could to him, but it is just me, you know. And I'm not yeah. the most um, imposing voice of the group. Understandable, but we we love that about you. <laughs> oh man, I know we're a group again. Hmm. We I... were never not a group, man. Well, I mean, I could see how in your eyes that would appear to be the case, <laughs> but you know, for the rest of us, well, me even in particular, for a long time, I didn't even know anything happened to you. And it was a bit of a bit of a shock, but oh man, I don't know. It just—it's just really nice for a short I mean, while. Nice to have you back. It was just what's, me and Alan. You know what's what's been happening? Like, what have you guys been up to? I know you were at like Thraxen House for a while, but I don't know what happened with that. I don't know what what, what the state of the world is in. Oh is, man, uh, we've been we've been riding an exponential curve. That's for sure. It's like things have just been ramping up and up and up what's an um, exponential curve is that uh so it's it's like the the mo like if you think about it as as a curve going down i'm thinking of it going up but the same shape going down it's the most fun hill to go sledding on oh okay it's like it's like straight down and then it yeah. kind of like curves at the but backwards so like you know a gentle incline and then almost straight up Oh, that's that's the bad hill to go up. Yeah, yeah. Bad for climbing, good for sledding. Sledding. Yeah, I gotcha. Mathematically yeah. speaking, for, uh... it's a it's a it's a uh, line that um, the slope of it uh, continues to be multiplied rather than added to create. And anyways, that's all right, dudeskis. I'm ready to head out. K has his bundle of apple cats slung over his shoulder, his round belly protruding in front of him from underneath <laughs> his simple linen shirt. 
lead the way. Because well, I don't actually uh, remember where anything is up here. Well, I was going to ask you, um, you said we need to see a dragon. Which dragon are you referring to? Oh, yeah. Man, I hope it's one of the ones that doesn't hate us. Uh, <laughs> dude, you made dragons hate you? That's a big no-no, man. That's like... That's I like, don't know if mind control counts as hate. Interacting with dragons us, 101 is like, don't make them hate you, you know? Because then I, I guess any that's true. They'll like chop you right up. It's no good. No, I wasn't. Well, I don't know which ones hate you, so maybe I was. I was talking about the mother dragon, the first dragon, you know? Kavor. Oh. Um, Oldest and most ancient, most powerful, etc., etc., etc. Well, you haven't met her. And be careful around her when you say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't think I met her. Yeah. Uh, she is. She has a lair or a den or whatever you want to call it up at the northern end of the central mountains. That's why they're called the Cavorite oh, Mountains. Yeah, the Cavor. Yeah, oh, we in. You know, in my neck of the woods, we call it the Kavor, right? You know, uh, accents. And fastest on the wrong syllable. It's, yeah. it's just an accent, <laughs> man. I don't, it's no big deal. I ain't here to correct yo, Grams. Well, can, uh, can see, Alan roll history on uh, Kavor? Like certainly. what he knows about Kavor? All right. Can I assist him? Can we, can we quick huddle? Uh,. How are you assisting him? What knowledge does Jeb have about the history of the world that would allow him to contribute meaningfully to this research? He knows that the mountains are pronounced Kavorite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think Jeb has any contextual knowledge that would give him like the ability to aid in this. Okay. Uh, Alan got a 16. 16. Uh, Kavor is a gold dragon. She is, in fact, Ooh. the first dragon in the history of the world. She was created during the first era, um, much like... Uh, Zanir created the first race in the first era. He created the Hematicians. Gante has created the first dragon during this era, uh, Kavor. And Kavor is uh, historically known as being sort of fiercely noble. So Kavor is a law unto herself. Um, it doesn't necessarily matter what the laws of the land are. It's not like Kavor goes out to solve the world's wrongs. It's more like if Kavor is around doing normal hunting or living her life or whatever and sees what she deems to be an injustice, she is very likely to involve herself and she is not very likely to hold back. As the mm -hmm. oldest dragon, she's not really accustomed to there being anything stronger than her in the world. So she has kind of a reputation of like, you know, she could be a bit of a bulldozer when it comes to uh, enforcing her will on the world. Um, however, in recent times, um, and I guess by recent, I mean the second and third eras. So for about the last 10,000 years, um, Kavor has kind of, or I should say the last uh, 1,035 years, uh, the last 1,035 years, um, she has kind of been more of a recluse. And there's hmm. not a lot known about why, but Kavor has mostly contained herself to her den um, and... She, when she founded Fladena with a number of other powerful dragons, it wasn't like she just did it, but you know, her den is kind of overlooking Fladena because it's at the northernmost end of the Cavorite mm. Mountains. And so she <clears throat> actually yeah. safeguards the, the chamber, is a strong word for like it's it's not a chamber but it is a big place where the dragons meet when they want to have like city council meetings it's pretty hmm. much just a big block of stone 
but because it is Cavor's block of stone, it's sort of like neutral ground for all the other dragons. You know, dragons are very territorial, so they don't necessarily want it to be like, oh, this belongs to so-and-so, but Cavor has her own big den up in the mountains, so she can be trusted to not intervene in Fladena politics, so to speak, and so that's where they go to have their, their city council meetings, and she kind hmm. of safeguards that space. Her den is supposedly quite expansive. No one's ever mapped the whole length of it because one of her laws is that nobody should go anywhere near her horde that she enforces <laughs> unto herself. And so um, she nobody's really drawn, like even, you know, Garlel and the Aos Lore Foundation hmm. and in the Aos Lore Foundation tower when you had access to all those resources, there was never a map of Kavor's lair. Hmm. Um, hmm. But she's not, refer- she, she's not uh, viewed as like a bad influence. She's just, you know, persnickety. Um, and so you got to kind of tread carefully around her. Um, but that's, that's what we know about, about Kavor. She is obviously, a, you know, gigantic size or colossal size at this stage, um, just mm. for being so old. Um, and she generally keeps a number of servants, uh, who kind of border on worshipers in her company that, you know, kind of act as her mouthpieces in the world and that sort of thing. So, um, it's, if you're trying to get to Kavor, it's not uncommon to run into one of her mouthpieces first, and then they will kind of determine if you have a case worthy of her or not to, to get you in gotcha. to talk to her. Well, um, I say Alan will relay that to the rest of the group. Um, and what, what kind of relationship do you have with Kavor? Do you think she will aid our cause? I mean, I don't know about aid our cause, but I think she's likely to let us through uh, we, the, the, the five primary avatars, um, made an agreement with Kavor when we figured out about the cataclysmic ritual, uh, and we identified the ground where it has to be cast. We, uh, sort of encouraged her without telling her exactly why it was significant to include that space in her den. So mm. she protects it and makes sure nobody can get there. But because it was the Avatar's idea, man, I bet she would let the Avatars in. You know what I'm saying? We might well, have that, to, that you know, convince her. She's got, you know, she's she's kind of set in her ways, which, you know, being 9,000 years old will do that to you. But I feel like, you know, with enough good vibes, anything is possible. Well, um... <coughs> Good talk. Um, I think we should really get a move on. Um, yeah, we can talk on the on the walk down. It, it seems to be pretty long. Do you even know well, how to get down? I imagine there's like ladder or stairs or something. <clears throat> I'm, I'm sorry that that question was directed at Kay. Oh man, I can get down. What what kind of music you want to play? <laughs> <laughs> I know how to get down. You can trust me on that. I mean. And he picked the right person from the group. That's what I'm saying. uh, I see the saxophone there. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you ever got to ride on the boat, but like, dude, the boat was lit. Okay. It was, we knew how to get down on that boat. I mean, physically, physically get down. That's what I'm saying, dude. Dancing is like a physical art. It's like a thing you do (laughs) with your body coordinates with your mind (laughs) and it unlocks Uh, the channels. Yes, um, what what Fox is asking is, uh, do you know how to get down, as in the direction down from here, in any faster way than the long walk that we just partook in? No. (laughs) No, I don't know about that. 
we didn't really explore when we came up here. We were just like, oh, we should find somewhere cozy, you know, so, uh, to wait. And so that's what we did. The ship's hmm. not waiting for us, right? <coughs> well, the, the ship is uh, going to return after running a few errands. So, I mean, ship. my ship's down there. The three of you who were at the ground level know that you sort of mm-hmm. plundered his ship for supplies and repairs for your own ship. My ship's down there, so, like, we could it, always take that one. It's not. Dude. Um, it's not there anymore? Yeah, Whoa. What it's do you think not in a good condition anymore. Oh. Well, it's just been a while. I get it. Wear and tear, you know. Hey, Josh. Yes? You can tell me if this is something that's reasonable to assume or not. Okay. But I have a spell called Word of Recall. Okay. You and up to five willing <coughs> creatures within five feet instantly teleport to a previously designated sanctuary. You and any creatures that teleport appear in the nearest unoccupied space. It would work for 100 um, feet. Okay. Because of the range pull. of the... I mean, All right. think we could just magic. walk down, right? Like, the yeah. the hey, ramp wasn't Alan. that steep. I'm going to pull Owl into the side. Hey, uh... I've, I've been thinking... There was some, like, really powerful wizards here, right? Mm-hmm. And in all of the research and stuff that we did looking through those books while we're up here we found that uh, they had developed like spell jamming for at least their cities right you know like I don't see people they had to have gone somewhere yes Um, you would think because we we haven't encountered any bodies or anything correct yeah, well, at least not that I've noticed. You have mm-hmm. encountered some bodies in the towers, oh. the wizard towers. So there have been a handful of okay. dead bodies there, but not nearly enough to have populated the citadel. Yeah. So your conversation's still reasonable, but you have seen a handful okay. of, of dead bodies. Not not enough, right. at least. All right, so here's what I'm thinking. <clears throat> One, um, it might be, it might take some time. Definitely going to be way faster or way less time than walking all the way down, right? Because work our solutions are competing with six months of walking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we could look around and see if there's any leftover apparatus that we could use, uh, or if there's any leftover materials or plans or designs. I mean, they had to have made the things that they mm. left on, right? So sure, if I Th- might- that's an option, but hold on, hold on. But the other thing, do you remember way back after um, after we got out of uh, oh what was it it was that stupid dungeon under the gr- underground that Makar made remember we got like all the way to the end mm-hmm. and Makar was like gonna leave a note just to taunt you right yes I and remember then we, that we, yes. we saw him on the horizon we gave chase right remember mm-hmm. when you and I uh, hopped on my blunderbuss and big boy and we like flew up into the air and we were mm-hmm. like scoured, scouted around. Like, what if instead of being like magically propelled, what if we just had like something simple that we could glide on that could just, you know, we could mm. like falling off of the edge, but 
in a manner that would, or like with, I, I have the concept, but I know you're the engineer. But right? yeah, some, but, something, but something that, that could we could like grab glide. The air. Yes. But that way we could like at least, you know, maybe steer it a little bit. It would mm. be a lot faster. Um, I, I mean, obviously there's no air up here, so the it's going to be, be really fast for the first little while. Sure. Um, maybe maybe if, that's an option. If you're just trying to get down, I was going to interject and say, if you remember the time I got out of bed and found out there was something going on, some sort of right. fight overboard, I yeah, I can cast that spell again. But it only lasts a little while, right? Well, sure. You would have to free fall for a little bit. Well, that's that's kind of the thing that I'm trying to think that maybe we need to improve because we we we've made a pretty good habit of falling. This is true. I've fallen you know, sure, too many times. Sure, we're experts at it that at this last, point, right? The <laughs> last ten percent is the problem area. You know, like <laughs> the first time, it like almost dislocate or did dislocate Alan's shoulder, and well, you know, the second time we was, eh. But we're getting better at it. I'm just getting this, exactly. get I'm just getting this mental picture of Jeb looking at like the OSHA review where they're like, you need more safety apparatus for your falling. Like your company does this too much for you to get. A, it's like the fire, the, the surge mean, protectors with fire code. It's like it's too often for it to be allowed to just keep happening like this. You got to build some safety components in there. So here's the here's the thing um, is, you know, you can't we got to have some sort of safety code, you know, and, and when uh, that we need to establish for the company going forward, because I see a lot of falling in our employees futures but so the, the thing is is like we don't want stuff to fall out of our packs i mean this is a this is going to be falling for a long time probably falling for so long that some of us will get bored for most of it right? <laughs> and we need to be and we need to be vigilant another right? thing to keep because in mind man if we start if we start tumbling and slinging vomit everywhere i mean like th that's going <laughs> to mess up our timing at the bottom when we try to feather fall like yeah, that what if what if you know you're we blowing just, on your saxophone but there's so much air going in the front sound doesn't come out like you can't blow hard but enough that's you, why i turned around and laid on my back well that's smart I'm, and i'm saying that's not a bad idea i'm just saying like what if we had a little a little oomph a little, a little extra something well i i'm saying i i think we take the time to search what we can figure out what we can because i think right now we're in a place that i never thought i would ever visit in my, my lifetime uh, is that I, you? I, I just think we can't just walk away from it and and not come yeah. back with nothing. So I think we look around, find something, perhaps a solution to this. But it all fails. We just can hop off the ledge. I mean, Alan, yeah. you could probably calculate what direction we have to hop I, off in I order would to land feel roughly better, at the ship. I, I would feel better doing so with a, essentially a, what what Jeb is describing and like a combination of both of your your plans. In that solid plan B, we we, yeah. we jump off and we have something to catch us, not literally, but also literally like catching the air um, that we can also somewhat direct. But then the feather fall is an extra measure that we use in the final stretch to make sure that we are extremely pinpoint accurate with how we land. I'm just saying, if you if you start getting too complicated with it and some of it works and one of them fails, because, you know, I, I some of the contraptions you come up with are very complicated. And if one thing's taught me, the more complicated the plan, the more likely it is to fail. Mm. Mm. And so if it gets complicated and somebody's doesn't work and we get separated by a certain amount of distance, I can't save them. 
here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, you're 100% correct. The, the reason that I have a problem with just falling and feathering this time is because there is so much distance. Yes. There are so many more opportunities for things to go wrong. Like what so if many we, factors. What if we are drift of, apart far enough? We get we just hold hands for for like what eighteen hours? <laughs> well, it can't be that long. We'd be falling pretty fast it, soon enough. It took us six months to get up here. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I I remember hearing a tale about how somebody took you know six months to climb a mountain, but it only took them. You know, an hour to to jump off of it. I'm just saying. How, how many miles up did we walk? Twenty four. Okay, I'm how doing that math too. Long to <clears throat> fall. Twenty. So all, all I'm saying is there. It's far enough that there are a lot of things that could happen. Now, I granted, just want to say, and that whatever you're about to do, calculation wise, you have to assume normal atmosphere ish, in the sense true. that like. I'm just uh, assuming I, terminal velocity. I'm giving you the fastest yeah. speed yeah. I can give you because I didn't bother with it before. Well, because in reality, we would be going faster than terminal velocity because there's little air resistance and we might actually burn up, but that's Earth. <laughs> we're magic. Re-entry. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're high enough for re-entry is more the proper term than falling. Yeah. So, did you say, yeah, did you say I, 24 I miles? A lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got 152 minutes. I my calculator is not working correctly. I don't think so. So that's I, like I, that two and a half hours right, ish. Yeah, I mean, my bad. thumb's gonna cramp. <laughs> cramp on what? Holding your hand, and what if what if my I, claws well, like fine. dig into the palm of your hand and well, and you're ropes. like, ooh, ouch. Well, tie ropes. Oh, yeah, my old flame being being tied together in a death trap falling <laughs> that's that's the one that came, it's the one where it started and that's how we're gonna end is that is you guys I, are very practical okay. about taking really Listen. strange long leaps like this it's a vibe it's it a, vibe. a vibe i can see that i'm i'm kind I'm of vibing saying, with it i'm just saying we're all about getting down yeah i'm just saying it's an option and i'm 100 percent on rather than spend our time walking spend okay. our time searching okay i'm all 100 on board with that I will. I would like to search for anything about like flying contraptions or gliding. Hey, K-Man, do you have any like any um, um, magic that could get us down faster? I mean, I could try the Featherfall spell the same way your buddy's talking about. But remember, my magic supplies are limited, and I'm gonna That's assume true. that the other avatars are tapped out, right? So I'm gonna have to yeah, kind of I mean, recharge them as well. So I should probably be pretty conservative as far as what I'm casting. That's Would true. your magic be limited when you're within the proximity of the rod of seven parts? Yeah, dude. So like the avatars, because we're concentrations of divine magic, the arcane energy from the rods doesn't work the oh. same way for us. We don't pull on the strings of the weave. We are knots in the weave that provide energy in. So knots in the weave is one of the books of the Jebediah Peppermint Chronicles. Dude, you have a Chronicles? Um, it's one day. I want to read them. Can I see? Well, I want to write them. Yeah, I'm taking notes on what, yeah. what the chapter should be. True. Yeah, dude. Okay. I think the chapter on, or the book on the avatars, though, Knots in the Weave, I think that's a, I think that's a good title. <laughs> so, uh... Sorry I'm coughing right. so much, guys. I just got a lot of Applecat smoke, you know, kind of going on. Yeah. 
It so does Kay, that. Kay, um, you wouldn't happen to have, I don't know, gone for a few walks, explored as you vibed out, as not, they say. You, not really. I mean, I, I wandered around when I first got here looking for people, but it wasn't like a long wander, you know? It was like a quick stroll. And well, then I felt this weird notice? voice in the back of my mind asking me to clean up. And I was like, dude, this is not like, I don't want to infringe on someone else's space. So I just like situated myself in a cozy room after that. I looked down at the broom like, yeah, that was me. That was totally me. I was just Come trying on, to get man. It's just important yeah. to be clean. Get- Obviously, talking into people's heads is freaking them out. Yeah, even an avatar. Left. So I was like, well, how am I going to get this place clean? I don't have any legs. I'm just a broom. Anyway, as Fox talks to himself, <laughs> Alan will um, kind of uh, <laughs> court trip. Like, well, uh, I, I guess finding any sort of part of the library just to start searching for anything about machinations or plans or machines... I don't know. Was there anything that we looked at earlier that could lead to that? And that's sort of a question to Jeb, but also to the DM. Mm. <laughs> well, also to the DM in, in <laughs> response to that. Yeah. Um, did we, like, we went through a library. Did we find a codex or, like, a Dewey Decimal System so you or found, something of where things might be cataloged? And You found the Plane Collars Index, which is not relating to in the library. Yeah. That's a thing relating to planar travel but you also did not you didn't like explore the library you were about to explore the library and a broom started talking to fox and alan was like you know what i will go with you and jeb was like yeah i'm gonna go with you too and you followed him to where k was so you found a couple books like on the shelves but they were just the ones that happened to be where you were you didn't study the library or roll any investigation checks or anything like that so you would be totally welcome to go back to the library and do those things now um, and that would be absolutely an option. Gotcha. It seems ridiculous that an order of wizards on this tier would not have some kind of organizational system employed. For yeah. Sure. All right. Well, so how about we split up and look for some clues? <laughs> that sounds familiar. Uh, but yes, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Sorry. I, it's a little bit of a children's tale. They used to tell back in the who's going with who man, stuck or are we head. all going hmm. individually? Should I like? Should I go anywhere or do anything, or should I just like chill? Like I'm not. I'm not a big head. Are for, you like, capable of? Are you capable? doing anything Pubble? useful? I mean, yeah, but That's like which mean. useful things? You know, like if you need someone to help you vibe or like understand. Is it? That's one thing. Fox definitely needs to learn how to vibe. Is it? Given his explanation of what usefulness is right now. Is it, is it me? I don't think I'm it is. I'm just saying everyone has different skills that they bring to the table, and I don't think that academic research is my skill. You know how I, you, you think, think it's people, mine? You know how you think I think Kay and Fox should and go together, guys. as being specialists, it is way more hyper-focused than that for avatars because we're, like, created by the gods to, like, fulfill a certain purpose that's why laredith is so brainy i'm just asking if you have eyes so, or why garlel is so okay. cool you know what i mean I, it's like we have like one or maybe two functions on i'm just it. asking uh, if you have eyes and can notice things that oh, look I got weird eyes right here <laughs> hmm. let's uh, before we split up let's look at let's see if we can all find the index of the library and then we will see what to do from there sounds like a plan dude ski <laughs> The outer ring of this compound was comprised of a number of short cylindrical towers. You're in one of them right now. 
These towers served as the personal quarters of the various mm. wizard members of the order. As you leave them behind, you cross a small stretch of open ground with nothing above you but the void to make you feel small. Then you re-enter the citadel, a massive, vaguely pyramid-like structure topped with four beams, climbing heavenward like fingers pinching together to hold one of the stars. Inside, the cold, black expanse of the stone floor is interrupted by great sunken runes at regular intervals. Corresponding runes appear in the walls. This design encompasses the entire citadel, and as you travel throughout the great building, the runes beneath, behind, and ahead of you light up in a faint teal, such that you can always see about 60 feet ahead of you and to the sides, if the path were to fork, in the glow that they provide. You pass first through the control room, its central pedestal looking strange and empty now that Jeb has taken the plane caller's index from it. The multitude of glass orbs filled with smir swirling smoke around the outside of this room look like strange guardians. However, you can't scry through them as your weave is not long enough to reach wherever it is they're attuned to. You cross through a round room with arches laid around its circumference and dormant magic circles inscribed beneath each arch. And from this room, you step into the library proper, a veritable coliseum. This massive structure features a wide open central space ringed by balconies stacked on top of each other. Great black stone pillars suspend each tier of this coliseum, and shelves of the same black stone inscribed with various runes hold countless tomes and research materials. According to Clara's legend lore, the Order had amassed at least a little bit of every material known to exist on the material plane for their study. These materials lie beneath massive crystalline shields that protect them from exposure to the elements. At the base of this coliseum is the large series of doors that lead back to the winding path that would take you down the pillar. Um, you, of course, aren't going the whole way down at this stage because you want to look around the library. So as mm -hmm. you walk in, you're kind of at the top of this massive coliseum and looking at the runes that are on the shelves, they do correspond to some kind of organizational system. However, in order to read it, you would need to know Sylvan. Do any of you speak Sylvan? Loudon has comprehend, not Loudon. Loudon? That's the name of one of my friends from high school. Yeah. Alan has <laughs> Alan has comprehend languages because Sylvan. of the rod. Does comprehend Deep languages lore. let you read or only hear? I think it's read too, but let it's me double comprehension. check. I believe comprehend languages lets you read if you touch it. The literal meaning of any spoken language that you hear. You also understand any written language that you see, but you must be touching the surface on which the words are written. There we Great. go. So, Alan will uh, run yes. his hands across the room. Oh, you're so familiar with this, Alan. Your buddy, Dr. Dewey, must have had a really wide-ranging influence because his system <laughs> is employed in this library. Let's go. Um, now, of course, it's less helpful having the Dewey Decimal System when you don't know the names of all the authors. Like, that can make it a little ah. bit challenging. However... Uh, in a library this big, like Alan is a dude who knows research. He comes from a world of research and you are confident that somewhere there must be a catalog that was maintained that, mm. you know, would, would allow you to kind of search by subject or whatever. Like there must have been curators at one point who sure. would help you find the books you needed because the library would be constantly changing as the wizards were mm. doing their research and adding manuscripts and whatever to it. And it's likely that that would be somewhere prominent. Um, although you can't see it up here on the upper levels of the library. Okay. Uh, well, it does appear that this library is organized by Dr. Dewey's decimal system. Um, however, it's not very helpful to us because we don't know the authors that we're looking for. However, I do believe that somewhere prominent, and we may just need to look a little deeper in the library, um, there would be some sort of uh, index or um, guide as to what different sections how, like or where you can find specific books on specific subjects 
So we just may just need to look a little deeper. Am I going to be able to recognize that? Uh, it will be something prominent. So as soon as you see something in the library that is prominent, like, hey, come over here, look at me. Um, that would be something to call me over for. <sighs> All right. Come on, Kay. Let's go, dude. We'll stick together. All right. I assume we kind of split up and look sure at go different directions to look in the library. What are the what are the splits? Are you all going to go by yourselves? Except Kay is going with Fox. Um, if if Jeb doesn't go with Zoth, Alan will go with Zoth. Sure. So then Jeb by himself. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go by myself. Uh. So. Uh, Alan, roll with advantage because you have Zoth assisting you. Fox, roll with disadvantage. You have K assisting you. And Jed, roll <laughs> a normal investigation. Can I add? Well, yeah, I'm not looking for Arcana. Would, would Arcana help in this no. instead of investigation? No, because you're looking for a certain for thing the, in the room. Yeah. You're not looking at the books or trying to comprehend them at the moment. Alan so, got a 25. Uh, uh, thanks, Fox. Zoth good. <laughs> Yeah, no problem, man. I'm I'm just trying to help. Tell me about Fox. I got it. Uh, he got good news and bad news. Good <laughs> news, he rolled the same thing twice. Uh, bad news, it wasn't a great roll. Okay. But got a 12 total. Okay. And Jeb? I got a 21. Okay. Uh, Alan and Zoth, you are the first to find it. Everyone would have come across it eventually, but Alan and Zoth, you were the first to find it. Um, where the stairs are, there's like a big staircase that just leads down each tier. It's like a switchback stair. So, you know, there's like a landing at each balcony and then it goes down to the next balcony. And right in front of that balcony, as you walk towards it, those glowing runes in the floor, one of them glows yellow and a little holographic projection appears there. It kind of flickers into existence and it says, hey, come over here. I'm prominent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I believe this is it. And Helen will start stepping that way. Welcome yep. to the follow. library. Please present your authorization or credentials. Alan will think for a moment and first say, I am Alan Woodrear and I am a researcher. A visiting researcher. Welcome to the library. Which guild do you represent? Oh, can Alan roll history to remember a guild uh, if he if he knows one sure. that's associated with this? Okay. 15. He has no idea which of the guilds might be associated with it, but you know that the Aos Lore Foundation was a prominent researching guild, ah. so you could try them. The Aos Lore Foundation. Aos Lore Foundation. There has not been a visitor from the Aos Lore Foundation in Undefined. Welcome to our library. Can I assist you in finding anything? Yes, I would like to find books on magical and non-magical transportation. Magical and non-magical transportation. You should be looking on the second balcony. Thank you. My pleasure. And with a zoom, it kind of flickers out of, uh, out of your perception. Um, Alan will then say to Zoth, uh, I think we should try to find the others and then head to the second balcony. It's not okay. hard. You're all just kind of spread out on this top oh, okay. ring, so you can even yell across the room to each other. It would just kind of echo across hey the room. Hey, guys! Coliseum. I think we found it! Yeah? 
Second balcony. You, it, the, the index thingies on the second balcony? No, we found the index thingy and it said that magical and non-magical transportation was on the second balcony. Oh, but, wh wh where's the index thingy? Right, where, we're, where we are. Alan will like raise his hand. If you need to search for something else, come over here and it'll let you. Just tell him you're from the Aos Lore Foundation and that you're a researcher. Uh, okay. Or what it's guild a, you're from. Sorry, I'm not saying your name, Kay. I, I'm saying, okay. No, I get <laughs> it, man. I get it. That was confusing for like the first thousand years or so of my life. But <laughs> after that, I kind of figured it out. All right, just ma making sure. No, I get it, dude. I get it. You're just trying to be clear, and I appreciate that. <laughs> well, anyways, I'm going to the second balcony. <laughs> you can if you want, or look for something with the index. I'm going to check I'm out going, the index. I'm going with Alan, guys. All right. Where are you, Jeb? <laughs> Where is Jeb? Jeb is slowly making his way to the index and under his arm is the Librum of Souls and Flesh. Okay. Um, who wants to get to the index first? Who <laughs> doesn't just, really matter to me? Alan and Zoth. We're, we're already, there, already there, but, there, we're heading up to, we're, but we're heading to the second balcony. Uh, probably I'd say Jeb only because I have K with me and I sure uh, so I know we're not in a hurry uh, Alan go ahead and roll another investigation with advantage this is now that you know where you're looking this is just looking for relevant books uh, Jeb you arrive at the index and just like Alan saw the rune lights up a, a, a kind of gentle yellow instead of teal and the flickering apparition appears in front of you vaguely humanoid but not particularly like any species and it says hello welcome to the library can I help you find anything? Please present authorization or credentials. Uh, Jebediah Peppermint. Please present the, authorization uh, or credentials. Uh, um, I'm going to take off. Did Jeb not hear the, Alan say something about the AS Lore Foundation or was he in his own world? I'm going to take off one of the golden peppermint cuff links that Grandpa Cole had. Okay. And present it as authentication. Like credentials. The the sort of holographic creature kind of leans over as if it's examining and it uh, looks deeply at it and it looks back up at you and it says, unfortunately, these credentials belong to an applicant whose request to join was denied. Present authorization or credentials. I am uh, his protege and would request application to join. Application to join requested. Please visit with one of the curators to continue. In the meantime, uh, <laughs> I am a representative of the AO's Lore Foundation <laughs> as a researcher. Uh, roll deception. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm breaking in. <laughs> this is Jeb's version of hacking. <laughs> 18. Aos Lore Foundation 
we have not had a visitor from the Aos Lore Foundation in two minutes. Welcome to <laughs> the Citadel. Please enjoy your stay. Can I help you find anything? I'm looking for information on resurrection. Resurrection. You are looking for divine magic or necromantic magic. Please specify. Necromantic. Necromancy is on the fourth balcony. Thank you. Is there a mode of transportation or a lift in here that would speedily get me to the fourth balcony? No. Walking is good for reinforcing what you have learned, as it allows your brain to better soak in the details of what you have recently read. Please enjoy your stay. And it kind of flickers out of existence. And I will head to the fourth balcony. Okay. I love how it's how this robot is asking Trevor for authentication. Trevor loves how, do. and then he froze. <laughs> oh, I froze. You're back now. Yes. What do you love how? Oh, how the robot's like, you need authentication, and just saying you're with the Aos Lore Foundation is enough as authentication. Uh, okay, so Jeb wanders off. Jeb, go ahead and roll an investigation to look at the books on that tier. And Fox, uh, you arrive at the same Sentinel. You get the same kind of challenge from the the, um, the little hologram. Just, you know, please present authorization or identification. I'm just saying, Kay, that... I, I just met a friend who I had accepted as dead. I, I I don't know how to confront him over that. I don't I don't know how to reestablish. Sorry, just bear with me. Uh, does this thing even have a name? That is so tough, dude. As far as I know, it doesn't have a name. It didn't give us one. But that is like such a sticky situation because it's like you have already had to process and like maybe even move on a little bit. And then now it's like, it's like whiplash, right? Cause like your life continued, but then what about his life, you know? And like, how do they rejoin each? It's not like he just went away on vacation and you were like, yeah, see you later, bro. <laughs> you, you burned man. his body in a funeral pyre. Of course, it's totally natural to feel all weird about it. You know, I, I just, that's uh, all right. Don't tell the others. That's honestly why I tagged up with you. I just, I don't know. You're an abstraction in my mind, and <laughs> no offense, I find it hard to see you as a normal person. Hey, so I'm just it's hoping to get to just... more literal every day, man. <laughs> All right. Um, sorry. Uh, what's what what what's your name? Thing. I am index number thirty-two. Please can I, present can I authorization call you, uh, or identification. Can I call you Dirty Two? Dirty Two. Um, Dirty Two. I am. Uh, <clears throat> my colleagues probably came here before me. Uh, we're part of a, a party from the uh, Avis Lore Foundation, uh, and we're we're just you know doing some research in various fields. Uh, my my name specifically, if you need to index that guild name is unrecognized, Fox. please present identification or authorization. Kay, did I say the right thing? As I, I whispered to Kay, I think it might have been Aos Lore Foundation. That's why I said Avos. No, no, a like like when you're at a party and you're like, "Hey, yo, it's like that." 
with an S at the end. So there's no va. There's no va? No, it's just, it's, it's like, ayos. Like that. I've been saying ava this entire time. And they didn't tell you? That is so they- disrespectful. Wow, dude. <laughs> So it's you have AOs. a lot to process through, man. I'm glad that we're getting these this time together. You know. <laughs> Listen, man. If it wasn't for the Apple Cats, I'd probably really want to beat on you right now. I but respect that you feel that way. <laughs> Sorry, out of game. Yeah? I I just got surprised because there's this just a stink bug on <laughs> my mic <laughs> right next <laughs> to my face. He wants to play. Just uh, <laughs> all right. Sorry. Uh, freaks me out. Here, I can. So you can see I'm not lying. <laughs> He's sitting right. We don't there. believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I just see your mic. You, you don't see this right Stink here. Stink bug not yeah, accepted. But... Please present authorization or identification. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> dirty two. Uh, Aos Lore Foundation. Aos Lore Foundation. We have not had a visitor from the AOS Lore Foundation in one minute and 30 seconds. Welcome to our <laughs> library. Can I help you find anything? Yeah. Um. You know what? Can you help me uh, the, the, on the history of changelings? Uh, dude, I could help you with the history of changelings. Yeah, I just really would prefer maybe I had a source that wasn't you (laughs) no offense historical chronicles are one of our lower stocked options however what we have you may find on the first balcony all right all right maybe something else then um i don't know man um musical magic musical magic can be found in the bardic section on the fifth balcony. All right. You want to you want to get down, Kay? Let's get down. All right. I uh, head to the the fifth balcony. Great. Uh, go ahead and roll your investigation for looking at bardic magic things. We'll come back to Alan and Zothkug, who have been looking at magical and non-magical means of transportation. Only got a 13 with advantage. The first roll was a natural one, so I'm glad there was advantage either way. But. So you find, um, you definitely, I mean, there's tons of, um, you know, kind of depictions of less useful forms of transportation, right? Like there, you know, sure. carriages and the, you know, the history and growth of the carriage because studying transportation is something that wizards here would have cared a lot about. And so there's all mm-hmm. kinds of modifications and permutations of ground transportation options. You find a few, um, uh, like manuscripts of something you've never heard of called a submarine that are highly theoretical. Mm. Um, it appears that no, none was ever constructed because they required water to construct. Um, you do find because it's a a mundane form of transportation, you do find a um, kind of a breakdown of aerodynamics and their relation to parachutes. Um, Mm. And so there's a a big descriptor as far as like hang gliders and different forms of parachutes and, you know, the inclusion of a secondary escape chute and things like, you know, they've, they've put a lot of study into falling well, probably because Mm -hmm. of the altitude where they live. Um, So you do find that you are not able to find anything about spell jamming or wild space. Uh, as far okay. as those kinds of magical transport go. 
Well, no. Alan will definitely hold on to the stuff about parachutes. Sure. We can um, make parachutes, man. Yes, I, I think that this could be very helpful, and especially um, because it seems as though the wizards here kept these specifically for research to have to do with possibly being in a situation where they needed to get down from here quickly, um, yeah. which gives me a bit more confidence as to the effectiveness they would have for us. So, like, what's been happening since I've been gone? Like, is Fox okay? Is everyone okay? Oh. Like, what's, what's, what's going on with the Avalis? Yeah. Um, well, it's it's been a lot. Um, obviously, now we have all seven pieces of the rod, and we also now um, have gathered all the avatars that we need, except for do Bumblefit, who had passed but had left a trail to find the um, components that she safeguarded. Um, and yeah, it's been. It has definitely been difficult. Um, I will not try to deceive you about that. Um, you know, Fox is going through a lot right now um, just with Kay and I think some of Kay's connection to her you know parents and lineage and um, you know losing you you know there was all the stuff with with Jeb with potentially losing Jeb and then getting Jeb Jeb back well Jeb was taken by the Aboleths when we rescued Larideth. Um I'm gonna briefly interrupt to pivot our scene to um to Jeb yep. next. Um we can assume though that you take however long it takes yeah. to catch Soth up fully to, on like what yeah, the adventure yeah, yeah, has yeah, yeah. been. Uh so Jeb, you are following the advice of the uh kind of curator hologram thing it sent you to the fourth balcony in order to look up necromancy. And what was your investigation? You're muted. It was really good. I rolled an 18 plus 9. Nice. So 27. Ooh. Uh, do you have any more specific things uh, that you're looking for? Like, are you looking for a spell scroll of a certain spell that you can copy or something like that? So here's the thing. Yeah. Um, Jeb knows, has, has researched, I feel, death enough or is familiar enough with death to know that clerics can cast or in the past have been able to cast resurrection spells. Okay. The the tagline of necromancy doesn't disturb him so much. Okay. Um so so he's mostly fiddling through like flipping through um looking for a a a way of tethering a soul back to a body after an extended period of time. Um, and mm. he, he, he wants to stay away from the bad juju if he can, but he is willing to look at the bad juju if he needs to. But he knows that like clerics do it all the time, or like they used to anyway, for a large amount of money at least. Um, 
So there's got to be there's got to be some way, whether it's a spell scroll, whether it's a, a complicated ritual, um, a cleric in you know, your party. How do you how do you uh, like locate a wandering soul to be able to coax it to the right location? You know that that kind of stuff. Got it. Um, let me see here. So I'm I'm trying to be well. Go ahead. So here's another thing too, is he knows that in times past, when resurrection would happen, it was like the calling out would have been to souls that had already passed on to the afterlife. This is not the case with our current situation. So he feels like whatever is out there probably needs to be altered somehow to take into account the current state of the world. Right. So Okay, so I <clears throat> sorry. I want to be extra generous with what he finds cuz you rolled so high, but that's going to require me to do some research offline to figure out what you actually found. Um, okay. But you find, I'll give you the, the properties that are in it and we'll figure out what the actual spells and stuff are between sessions. Maybe you find it. Maybe necro- he could have found a book on it and he can like dig into it later. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say is you find a necromantic book. It is not the Demonomicon, but it's another of Tasha's works. Um, and okay. Tasha, uh, because she was so interested in traveling the planes and specifically the negative planes, but she was, she was traveling through all the planes and kind of exploring different things. She spent a lot of time learning, like, what would you do if you got stuck in them? And so there are some spells in there that are related to kind of bringing someone back from like the ethereal plane or from the abyss or whatever that you think could probably be modified to achieve what you're talking about. And she also includes in there that if you can't find the target, like if she went missing and no one could find her, there must be some divination spells that could be used to find her from far away. Some kind of, um, you know, magic circle divination option that would let you locate a soul that was missing among the planes. And it would probably be super highly powerful, you know, eighth or ninth level she's thinking. Um, and she would have written it in the eighth or ninth degree, but you know, something like that where you could locate a particular soul that was missing in order to then Mm. bind it to a body. She also includes a deep uh, explanation of the phylactery and how to make one um, in her, her writing. So that's a thing that you, it doesn't include the actual spell. It's like a deep step by step. Like here's how you do it. If you can find the incantation, it seems that you get the sense from reading her words that she wanted to preserve the actual spell for herself, which implies that perhaps she has one somewhere. Um, so that is, those are the things that Jeb is able to find as he does his research. Uh, we cut from Jeb to Fox, who is on the, I think, fifth balcony, maybe, looking at Bardic yes. Magic. And he rolled a natural 20. Uh, what is that yes. with your modifier added to it? Uh, I only have a plus two to uh, investigation. So. so it's the equivalent of a 32. Uh, actually, I think D&D 5e doesn't do that, but I'm <clears> going to do it because you did good. Uh, you done good, kid. Uh, especially despite K being there to interfere with you. <laughs> um, so you're looking at Bardic Magic. Be more specific. What are you after? Are you looking for more spells? Are you trying to get a free level up? Like, what's the what's the dream here out of your, your research? Uh, to be honest... Uh, just trying to understand it better. Uh, however you, you interpret that is fine. But I, I think Fox is just trying to understand 
what he's tapping into um, and to get a better understanding of the tool he now has access to. Which Bardic College did you spec it. Fox into? I don't know if I leveled up enough to get... I think you need three levels to get a subclass. You know what? I think the last level I did take a college and I didn't choose it. Like, I didn't write it down, I should say. Do you have your time. college feature classic written down? Classic Fox. That is yeah, classic I'm Fox. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> What did you major in in Bardic, in Bardic College? That's right. I didn't go to college. The College of Jazz. Okay. <laughs> Bardic Inspiration. That's what uh, the movie um, Whiplash is about. Going to the College of Jazz. <laughs> there we go. I, uh, very good movie, by the way. Very good movie. Okay, I think it probably would have been. Ooh. Do you have your class abilities written down? Like, if, I even do, if you didn't. But I don't have them. Usually I have them written in one area and I don't have anything there, so I'm guessing it's probably one that doesn't have anything crazy. So I'm, I'm guessing it's lore, but I'm looking for cutting words. Uh, maybe down <laughs> so the answer is cutting words I is don't. the College of Lore. Yeah, I was going to say. Okay. Yeah, well, that's why I was looking for cutting words on my character sheet. Uh, but I don't... Did I not choose a college when I loved college? <laughs> it was a community college. You take the level and decide to major later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not quite <laughs> enough school Leo. spirit to declare it. Um, The Bardic well, College of Genets. Yeah, it'd probably have been uh, just lore. Okay, we'll spec him into the Bardic College of Lore now. And um, you Write find down what I can do. Uh, a set, it's like an encyclopedia, you know, where it's like multiple volumes, but each one is a history of the Bardic College of whatever. And so you find the history of the Bardic College of Lore, um, which you may peruse at your leisure, but it includes everything from the formation, like which master bard, you know, created the college and who did they apprentice and how did that get passed down through the generations? And, you know, what is the, the college of lore known for now? And what are some of its goals and objectives? What does it mean to be a part of the college of lore? You know, what are the values that are reflected in their students? What is the kind of creed or ethos that they want to reflect in the world? Um, all those kinds of things, major historical events that the college of lore was present for and how did they influence those events? Um, okay. You, you find kind of all those, all those sorts of details. Um, among them, probably the biggest uh, and most interesting thing that you see the College of Lore being a part of is that the College of Lore was sort of an offshoot of the Aos Lore Foundation um, in that, you know, the Aos Lore Foundation tried to study everything. The College of Lore cared mostly about history and, you know, the, the way the world worked and all the pieces that came together. And so a number of academics and scholars from the Aos Lore Foundation kind of went their separate ways on good terms, but like went their separate ways to found the Bardic College of Lore. And they were present at most major catastrophes. Like in addition to just documenting lore, they wanted to make sure they didn't miss any. And so a lot of their bards tried to make sure that they were present at anything world shaking, which meant recruiting huge numbers of people and placing them usually incognito in positions where they would find, you know, find access to these things. 
Um, and there are a number of sort of call signs or call and response type things for bards in the College of Lore to identify each other that would grant them access to like safe rooms and safe passage and assistance from each other that are written down in this book. So you can now kind of add that ability to your character sheet. It would be your ability to basically access any other bards in the College of Lore that are in an area. Um, you would know how to spot them. So you would get advantage on an investigation check to find them. And then you would know the call and response necessary to gain their assistance as if they felt positively towards you. They might not go to battle on your behalf, but they would help you with simple tasks sure. or, you know, something like that. So it's kind of like you have access to the brotherhood, so to speak. Okay. If you know, I note that if down. you know passphrases, you can maybe use it on the index and see if it unlocks something interesting. Ooh. Yo, K. Yeah, man. Hear me out. I'm hearing. Wide open right, right I, now. I want you to say, can you, you can read this, right? Yeah. I want dude. you to read this out loud to, to that, you know, dirty two back there. And and say you're from, you know, the, the Bardic College of Lore and see if they give any special response to you. I, see I feel what like you're it, it might be a little sus if I if I say so after I've already introduced myself, you know. That makes sense. Yeah, it's like you got something written on your badge, then you say you're something else, and they're like, "Whoa, yeah, I get it." Okay, which right, one do you right, want me to? Right. Which one do you want me to read? Tell me the tell me the call and response you want me to read out for him. Um. All right. So this one is for identifying like other historians within the Bardic College of Rule, which sure. I think is the most applicable. Okay. Um. This one is, uh, were you there for the fall of Cavorite? All right, let's try it. And he kind of like heaves his bulk, you know, back up to standing. He'd been sitting just resting against a bookcase while you were reading for who knows how long. He kind of walks over, kind of plods, you know, over to the, there's one on every floor. So he just heads over to where the stairs are and the yellow rune flickers and the thing appears and gives him the call and response. And he reads that out to it. Were you there for the fall of Cabaret? And there was a brief pause. And then the yellow hologram flickers and turns green. And it says, welcome historian of the College of Lore. Do you have any particular manuscripts you are in search of? And Kay turns back to you and he's like, you know, holds his hands out. Like, am I in search of any? The last one searched under the College of Lore. The most recently looked at manuscript by the last College of Lore visitor. Yes, of course, you can find it in the recently viewed section on the 15th balcony. All right, man. Thanks for your help. <sighs> My pleasure. And the hologram disappears. Uh, Wash has a hand up. Is that a DM thing? It's a Jeb thing. If I could. That's look, fine. Go ahead. Like, They're walking up to the 15th time. balcony. Now they're going to be doing it a while. <clears throat> Jeb is going to approach the index on the fourth balcony. Okay. Uh, Jeb approaches the index, which flickers to life. The yellow uh, kind of holographic spectral humanoid standing there. Hello and welcome to the AOS Lore, not the AOS Lore Foundation. Welcome to the Order of the Exalted Rings Library. How can we help you find things today? I'm looking for information on an artifact known as Crescendo. Crescendo. Artifacts and historical tomes can be found on the first balcony. 
I would also like information on an object known as Loden's Stone and the material that it is made out of. You can view our collection of materials on the 13th balcony. Loden's Stone was the product of a catastrophe in the history of the world, and so you can read about it on the first balcony. Thank you. And My I'm going to head towards <clears throat> looking up information on Crescendo and Loden. Sure. Roll two investigation checks. You can pick which one is for which. Uh, Alan, what are you and Zothkug up to? Um, so that's crazy, Alan. I mean, that's how he lost his leg. I think coming back, I, I can fix his leg if he wants me to. That would be a good thing to talk to him about. Although I do believe that he is currently happy with his prosthetic that Laredith created for him. It does double as a weapon, which he mm. greatly appreciates. Well, I'll ask him, obviously, before doing it. Yes, of course. Um, well, now that you're caught up, I think uh, I'm going to spend some time probably looking for materials to see if I can make any sort of parachutes like these. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can let everyone else know, maybe yell out across. Well, I'm probably going to go see Fox unless you really need my help. No, I think that's okay. I'm just going to look for if they have... I, I might go back to the index and ask the index where I could locate um, materials and such things. All right. Um, Do you know where Fox Jeb, went? Jeb is going to fly past their balcony on uh, on his blunderbuss and be <laughs> okay. like, hey, uh, there's an index on each balcony, and then oh. I'm going to cast fly on Alan and be like, for the next hour, you're speedy. The... Oh, make, thank, make the best you. of the day, and then he's gonna okay. zoom. <laughs> Wait, Jeb. Zoom. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> do, you, do you know where Fox went, man? Uh, and he just looks like a little quick loop around the middle area. Yeah, he's over there. Okay, thanks. Zoop. <laughs> and then Alan's gonna zoop to an index and ask the index whether there's a repository of building materials or something. Uh, the index tells you that you materials. can view their collection of materials on the 14th balcony. I think it was the 14th balcony. Uh, if it wasn't, it is now. Okay, Alan's <laughs> gonna Alan's gonna zoop to the 14th balcony, balcony and start tinkering. Great. So you find it is just ringed instead of bookshelves. They're just massive. They look like display cases except that the like mm. crystalline fronts of the display cases are like blast reinforced. Like you probably oh. couldn't cut through them with the strongest drill you know how to build. Um, okay. However, they can be opened by simply placing a palm on the case and the wall disappears over specifically that material. Um, hmm. You get the sense just from your knowledge of the workings of artificery that when you do that, the system is reading into it who you are. Like it's identifying the person who is using the material in case it you hmm. know needed to figure out who that was later. So you, you kind of get the sense that it like tracks down your identity before it opens and then you're able to get to the materials. Uh, what materials are you trying to play with or what are you trying to achieve? Well, Alan is trying to create a prototype parachute. Sure. Um, so fabrics, yeah. um, trying to, he'll, he'll, he'll first, he'll like test the, the strength of different fabrics um, and like what, you know, yeah, mostly testing strength of different fabrics, also some different um, types of rope. Rule and artificer um, tools like check that. with advantage because you've got the book with all the research on, on parachutes okay. in it. And we'll come back to you to see how it went. Let's jump back to Fox. Okay. Fox, what are you up to right now? Well, I'm going to the 15th floor. Yeah, but I can't remember why. <laughs> what were you oh. learning about? 
Um, the most recent viewed. Um, that's right, thing from the College of Lore. By somebody from the College of Lore, yes. <coughs> the most recent thing that someone from the College of Lore was viewing is the uh, history of the Hematitian War with the Drow in the Underdark, which drove them out of what is now the city of Stainless. Uh, down into the Underdark. They waged, it's called the 400-year war. It was ended when Salen, Queen of Gaim, um, walked in with literally an escort of four of her gemstone guardians into the middle of the battlefield and demanded that they find peace between themselves. And so she, with like an escort of four, basically brokered peace between two warring armies on the field of battle, which is one of the reasons that she's so legendary and like well-known throughout uh, kind of the world of dwarves. She just walked up there and was like, y'all shut up and, you know, basically put that war to rest. Um, right. The The manuscript then goes on to talk about what they did later and like what what happened after that tenuous peace was formed because any war that ends in a tenuous peace it's not like the war just shuts off right like you've got kind of bad juju between the two societies and there's it usually takes a couple generations for them to sort of get back to a neutral standing and so there's a lot of talk about those kind of initial conflicts and things like that um, and in particular you find evidence that the uh, one of those conflicts took place near uh, Nottery, where the the mermaid you know city is, and and where the the pillars of eternal vigil are and stuff. Um, and there there was some kind of schism that was created during that battle. And there's the the historian who was there is not sure whether it was created by the combatants, whether it was waiting to be opened by like an, an amount of negative energy. Like they don't know exactly what caused it, but. Uh, all kinds of horrors just began coming out of that schism and it was actually a big factor in brokering peace between the two nations that they suddenly had a greater threat than each other to deal with and so these kind of you know outriding parties that were still kind of battling with each other without you know honoring the peace treaty they suddenly were like okay but we're all like creatures on the material plane and these things are awful and they're going to kill us um, the historian notes that the creatures that were coming through the schism made had all kinds of strange behaviors but most strange about them is that when destroyed rather than lying dead for study they kind of evaporated into like a smoky mist and they caused a number of weird like sensory effects where they would just make weird sounds or colors or whatever like just strange mm. things like that would happen and the historian expressed concern that as the only historian that they knew in the underdark they had no way of knowing if there were any more of these schisms and what might be coming through them Okay. So this would have taken place late in the second era. So probably in, you know, one to 2000 years ago, kind of in that range. Okay. Um, I'm in the most recently viewed area where just, I guess things are put here to be sorted back in. I'm, that's I'm exactly what that's they why. are. Yes. Yes. They're waiting for like, um, you know, some kind of curator to come and put them back where they belong. Can I find the most recent thing viewed before today absolutely the most recent thing viewed before today hmm. is uh a deep study on sacrium the material sacrium and how it, it it's dated post darkening by about four days and it is a deep study on how to retrofit the new it first it points out that sacrium has been observed to be newly different like its material properties have changed it appears to have been charged with magic um, and also magic from the weave has stopped working 
and it is an in-depth study by one of the wizards on how to retrofit Sacrium onto their spell jamming hardware so that they can use it to leave and see if magic is working in the outer planes. Um, there's no oh. there's no writing about what they did, but you could assume or infer from that document that what they did from there is they went and retrofitted Sacrium onto one of their spell jammers and all of the ones who were still alive left. Um, and that is what happened. So you're telling me four days after the darkening? Yes. Interesting. <coughs> so four days out of the darkening, they found a way to survive. Cause like right now it's like we're, we're surviving on uh, spells, right? Yeah, bubble spells and air terms. bubbles. If yeah, so if we get outside the hundred foot radius of which I think we all have a rod, don't we? Yes. Except Zoth, okay. Zoth, Zoth but he's not. with you. Uh, okay. I guess unless you zoop, zoop away. <laughs> uh, uh, Zoth was going to find Fox. In that case, uh, retroactively, Alan gave Zoth a That's charm fine. of air bubble. That's fine. So, okay, that's interesting that somehow in four days they were still alive and decided to leave, which means they must have been, I'm just talking out loud to Kay, they must have been in a position that meant they couldn't sustain it forever, but at the same time, they were still able to sustain something, like... Well, I mean, even, you know, before you got up here, like me and, and Zothkug were able to breathe. It's just thin air. You know, it's not like no air. It's just like, you know, we had to take things real slow. Yeah, but you're keeping things, I don't know, like you're an avatar. Surely you have slightly more concentrated air around you. It doesn't really work like that, man. Like, I've got magic and I could use the magic, but I have the limited store of it. So I've been trying to kind of save it up for, like, really dangerous stuff. Like, if we had been in danger up here, yeah, I'd have snapped on the air. But, like, we were just chilling, you know? And so. You're telling me you guys barely moved and somehow sustained off of. Apple cats and apples. Such little air? That's what it was. Apple cats give you less air. Yeah, dude, but apples are great. So it totally worked out. You want one? And he just pulls an apple out of his sack. <laughs> you want an apple, dude? Fox just angrily takes it. Yeah. <laughs> takes a bite out of bite it. Bite into that. It is like crisp and fresh and happy. You have an apple now. You restore <laughs> two hit points. <laughs> Why are you like this, cake? What do you mean, dude? Why am I like ah. what? All right, all right. Well, if they had a chance to escape, why did some people die? I don't know. Maybe it was exertion. Maybe like they're all the people that we found dead were in like their private quarters, right? So like maybe they were in charge of protecting their own private quarters, man. Like I don't know. Maybe there's less air out there I mean, than there is in here. That's isn't that by definition private quarters? <laughs> I'm, I'm, sure I'm in charge you. of defending my own private quarters at all times by definition of them being my private quarters. Yeah, but I mean, like, maybe the Citadel had its own, you know, little magic -y bubble or something. And maybe the private quarters didn't unless they cast it on there. 
I guess the Citadel's bubble would have gone away too, huh? I yes, don't know, that's man. What I'm that's that's wild. As wild as what it is. Maybe they just had a lot Fox. of apples. Where are you, Fox? Are you up here? Oh, it sounds like it's Zothgug. Hey, man, we're over here. Oh, we were just having are. some yep. apples. You over want an apple? Here. He pulls apple, an apple yeah, out of I'll the sack and hands it out to you. You want an apple? I'll take an apple. Yeah. Yeah, man. Thank you. Mm. Uh, yeah, we're just um, just doing some research. What'd you find? Uh, yeah, you know, usual found documents. Nonsense. Documents, nice. dude. We, uh, Alan found some, some schematics about parachutes. Oh, well, that that's definitely a little bit more helpful than what I found. I found, well, I'm, I'm sure it's interesting. <laughs> Just not helpful to our current predicament. Hmm. I wanted to, to tell you, Fox, it's, uh, we haven't really had the opportunity, but if you want your leg back, I could I could cast a spell to, to bring it back. But Alan said you got a cool new prosthetic that doubles as a weapon, so I don't know if you want to keep that or if you want your leg back. Just to clarify, Zoth was there when Fox lost his leg the first time. Up, up while Alan is tinkering, you see him raise his eyebrows suddenly and then scribble a note on one of his papers. Zothkug, return from death has resulted in addled memory. And then he <laughs> continues tinkering. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, right now is not really the, the issue at hand. It's not okay. the issue. It's more like the issue at foot. Good one, man. Good one. I just figured while we're up here in a safe space that, you know, we can have the time to do said spells totally before we is get a crazy. safe space, man. I can Thank see you're you, feeling man. some emotions right now, Fox. I just want you to know that it's safe for you to feel those emotions and it's okay <laughs> to just let it out. Okay. Um, so, anyway... Uh, I found some interesting documents about how evidently right after the darkening um, there were some people still alive up here. Um, it at most only for four days but they managed to use Sacrium to retrofit their gear uh, and their you know spell jammers and such and, and they were able to leave. But they were able to be up here for at least four days unaided whoa doing research and active work I mean we've been up here for six months I don't I've already had that conversation with the K yeah we talked about it I told him about the apples oh yeah yeah the apples were good yeah I, I don't I don't think that explains that but you know <laughs> Good enough for me. Crunch. He like bites into an apple. <laughs> Plenty of me apples. Too. Crunch. Just two cats. Point is, we yeah. we weren't able to survive up here without using magic. Are you sure? Like, have you tried it without <laughs> their bubbles? Who is Jeb? casting the air bubbles? <laughs> Jeb flies by and he's like, "Got him!" And then he like flies off. <laughs> <laughs> Who was casting the air bubbles? Jeb. 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 I mean, sure. You know what? Maybe talk to Jeb about that. 
figure that one out. I think but... he just zooped by. Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, that was him. He Jeb now <laughs> says zoop when yeah. he flies. We, we, cut like, <laughs> we cut to Jeb, who is zooping. What's Jeb up to? Uh, Jeb is going to first look up uh, the material Loden to okay. find more about it. And if there is any in, in stock, um, I rolled a 14 plus 9 for a 23. Okay. <clears throat> uh, there is some in stock. It is uh, magnetic in nature, and it has magnetic properties. Um, you find a sort of a basic write-up on the substance next to it in the materials store on the, the 14th balcony. And then historically, and you also find... Go ahead. Sorry, Alan. I assume I assume you come across Alan. Yeah, he probably does zoop right across Alan. Mm. So yeah, if you want to have that scene. Hey, uh, Alan. Uh, Jeb, yeah, yes. Uh... And Jeb places his hand on the thing, like flips it up and takes uh, a good big chunk of it out. This is the stuff. You remember that little stone that I had that would let me reverse gravity? Yes. This is like the stuff. Do you think maybe we could implement this on the Kug boat or Hmm. on your apparatus or whatever? Like maybe it'll, we could use it for maneuvering. Perhaps. I, I think that, um, yes, it could be an interesting mechanism to add to uh, what I am possibly working on here. And I guess I'll show you here. Alan will kind of slide towards Jeb the book on parachutes and, and aerodynamics. Oh, nice. And yeah. uh, also kind of demonstrate, uh, you know, the fabrics that he's testing. Um, he rolled a 16 total for his Oh, tinkering. yeah, he's got a working prototype. Okay, um, so he'll he'll show Jeb like his prototype parachute, and uh, yes, I, I am interested to test this on a shorter distance, uh, perhaps off the top of one of the towers, just reaching to the base sure, of yeah, yeah. the yeah. Um, I would be willing to. I've fallen enough times you know that what? I would be willing to, to conduct the test myself. Well, I was gonna say if you had Fox do it, he could feather fall if it fails. Ah, that is true. Maybe that is safer. I will ask him about that. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think. Um, a, a test run or two, and then perhaps making more of these. There seems to be enough material here that that I could make enough for all of us. Uh, looking at your designs here, I don't see any like. Maybe it's on a different paper. Did you put something on for like us to steer with it? Like, are we going to be able to control ourselves, or is this just a a slowing descent? Uh, can Alan uh, have? done a little bit of research or even already done uh like something where you know you could have the two cords that you use to to like guide a a parasail type type dealio sure added on yeah he's he's got time he's an artificer and he's got a book ready okay so yeah certainly it's it's maybe he's made a hang like you know the uh breath of the wild type glider Mm, mm. Um, even even that, or it's like a parasail almost is what I'm yeah. imagining, where sure. it's like a parachute where you can you can still yeah. steer it. Oh, I see. Um, you have the oh, and so these are the handles and the cords. They yes. they attach. Yeah, okay. they attach, and then you. and then you can pull one direction and you'll turn that way. Pull the other direction and you'll turn gotcha. that way. Okay, um, nice. That sort of a thing. Yes. Um, so yeah, I will I will uh, find Fox and see if I can. Uh, I guess I don't convince okay. is the wrong word, but see if he would be willing to <laughs> test. Convince <laughs> might be the right word. Well, um, we'll see. But okay, yeah. So maybe we'll hang on to this stuff for when we get back to the Cug boat. 
I'm thinking those wingle digits aren't going to last forever. And if we could get something True. that manipulates gravity, ah. then, you know, as long as one of us or a rod is... is there to power it you know that this is true maybe there's no need for thrusters good. at that point or tr thrusters yeah. in the traditional sense interesting Something. yeah or maybe even like nullifying the buoyancy of it we, we, we mm. could just like land i don't know anyway uh, i'm just gonna Quite put this in my pack for now and, and see if we can do something with it um did you happen to find any research on maybe the mathematics of the force that the load stone uh puts upon on items or uh, I grabbed this book and uh, I'm just gonna dig through it later it, it okay like was like a material science it's like an MDST oh, okay. book you know because it breaks it all down it was a little heavy in the middle um, I mean it definitely has some sort of magnetic stump is okay. what they called it uh, well but, once uh, once we get once we get to um, the cug boat and we get a chance to maybe implement it I, I would love to take yeah. a look at that book I'll keep okay. it. I'll keep it in my pack. Perfect. Well, I will find Fox. Okay. Josh. Yeah. Sorry, that was Jeb's voice. Josh. Um, yeah. <laughs> I rolled a natural twenty plus nine for investigating crescendo, and one thing I am particularly interested in is one, its last known whereabouts, and two. If it is an actual plant, if there are is like a seed archive here of sure. a plant relate like like something from crescendo or like you know yeah uh, no seed archive here your okay. search takes you uh, to where it, it takes you to an empty slot on a balcony where you would expect to find a history of the Bardic College of Lore. Uh, you are directed by a sentinel up to the recently read section. And so you come to the top of the steps. Uh, there's still a conversation going on between Fox and Zoth and Kay about leaving and the things that Fox has found. Uh, you see in Fox's hand, probably one of, you know, he's probably got like books in each hand as he's kind of juggling through or whatever. One of them is the history of the Bardic College of Lore. Hey, can I hold that one for you? It looks a little heavy. You're uh, I mean, I was, I was looking through it earlier. Uh, what, what makes you interested in this one? Uh, you remember that uh, that plant that Zoth had in the pot? Yeah. And how he was like looking for an artifact called Crescendo. Uh, sources tell me that that book talks about it, and I'd like to Ooh. see what's going on. Yo, I'd like to know that too, man. Oh, uh, hey Zoth, I didn't see you there. Oh, we yeah, were just sure. having some apples, man. You want one? Kay pulls out an apple and hands oh, it man, to Oh, man, apples. Yeah, really? dude. That's what we've been living on up here. Just so Man, I haven't had an apple in forever. Yeah, they're really an apple, good, man. Dude. You know these things sliced up and fried with oh, uh, like yeah. Dober, Dober eggs are That's like top notch. That's the stuff. Yeah. Uh, actually, if, if you want, you're probably going to get more out of this than I will. Uh, in my other hand, I also have this... Um, I mean, it's not as nearly as thick, but seems to be research notes on some people who managed to retrofit Sacrium to escape here. <coughs> it sounds like they didn't die right away when well, the dark thing happened. Well, yeah, good for them. But I'm, I'm kind of curious on, like, you know, the details of that. But it's, I don't know, it's a little above me. But maybe you can get something out of it. 
if it's sacrium based, it's probably more in Owlin's weird ha- uh, wheelhouse. <laughs> weird house. That's a great way of putting uh, it. I, um, I heard that. Um, I found you, Fox. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, Owlin, wow. You. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, the kids all together. That's the four cool. guys, man. The four um, guys. The four guys. And also me. Yeah. And also you. Jeb kind of steps back a little bit and back and tries to covertly uh, slip the Librum of Souls and Flesh into his book or into his pack. Sure. Just be like, while we're talking, uh, he's just like, oh, wait, it's in my arms. With your hand, uh, the, the kind of chill that you didn't even realize was kind of racing across your skin goes away. Uh, like clammy feeling kind of clears. Ooh, it's hot. In uh, I say Alan is distracted going up to Fox. Um, it, if I'm not mistaken, Fox, it seems as though you've recently completely overcome your fear of falling. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I think I think that's correct. Given the answers recently, that's <laughs> yeah. correct. Whoa! Um, Whoa! Well, I mean, those we've literally, I need, that's I need the literally, literally been up. living life on the edge for the past six months. Yes. I, I, uh, no, 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 that's anyways. Not, that's now that we've accurate. established that as a fact. Um, <laughs> Fox, I have an interesting uh, proposition for you, and Alan will like produce this parachute pack that he's uh, built. Um, Fox, I would you like see you what to, appears to be a backpack. I would like you to wear this and pull this cord while jumping off of this tower. That sounds fun, man. Why me? Because you can cast Featherfall on yourself. I can cast not it on work. other people too. <laughs> But you, you can have to cast be it on yourself them. really easily. I can cast it just as easily on anyone else. In fact, easier because it's easier to play this instrument while I'm planted on the ground. But don't um, you have to touch them? Exactly. You would be I, falling I with them anyways. No, it's, it's a range thing. Oh, okay. Well, oh, the closest range is yourself. That's true. Yeah, that's what they say. That, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it, <laughs> it's any more effective. I think it actually is. I think I read something in my grandpa's notebook about it oh, being... Oh, his grandpa's notebook. His grandpa like knows everything 1. about Featherfall. 1.2% more effective if the For range sure. is yourself. Um, all of that aside, uh, Fox, I will test it if you do not want to. That is that is fine. I can test it. Um, I don't want that to test it. very brave, Owlin, taking your own life into your hands. I mean, we yeah. We just got, we just got we your backs off. If this doesn't work and if for some reason... Uh, Fox I'll test doesn't it. cast. Okay. I will. I will. Hey. Test oh, it. Alan, that's great. That's a great idea. Fox is going to do it. He had the great. idea. Perfect. All Thank you for volunteering, yeah. Fox. Yeah, that makes sense because of Featherfall. Yeah. Yeah, wow. it does. Why didn't we well, think about that? Alan like holds Kay, out the, the says, to hey, Fox. Dude, I'm going to walk down to the first balcony so that when you land, we can talk about this new layer of emotional baggage. I'll be waiting for you downstairs. <laughs> and he just like plods off down the steps. Alan, man, you forget the time we had in the elevator. Jeb's putting the backpack on Fox. Uh, I feel Jeb, like I'm, who is like as tall a, as Fox's shin. Yeah, he's standing on the table. <laughs> what Sorry, t- the elevation sure. change machine. I was about uh, I, elevator sounds familiar, but you're right, elevation change machine. Oh, he flies. I feel like I've I've, oh, yeah, I've been in I've been in a lot of elevation change machines. What when when were, when were we in an elevation change machine? So uh, I'm trying during, to remember. When we were uh, going into the uh, under under the sea to save um, the oh, dragon. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I had that that bubble that saved yeah. us from the falling Hold elevator. On to this one. Oh yes, that feels. 
Well, you remember that. That is interesting. Because previously yeah. you didn't remember that later that evening, Fox lost his leg and yeah. Jeb was, that was captured. That I, wait, that was that oh. evening. Oh. There's <laughs> is, a you know. Do you, you think that has to do with your resurrection? I'll fly with you. I don't know, man. It's been a long time. That's fair. I also didn't. I was like, I didn't catch it either at first because I just a lot of those memories kind of, you know, blend together. Yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. Well. And then I've been up here with Kay, who I haven't been smoking apple cat, but he has, and mm. you know, it's just residual. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I understand. Well, uh, it looks like Jeb is giving Fox the tutorial. I, I, that is perfect. All right. So I just, I just pull on this. You pull on that, yeah, and then you cool. steer using, as Jeb was miming, yeah. using the two uh, handles that will produce once the like, parachute unfurls. Like this? Fox yanks it. <laughs> Jeb kicks him and off. <laughs> <laughs> Just off a balcony? <laughs> he yanked it. It's <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I assume it unfurls as Fox starts falling Fox gets kicked off the balcony and begins falling. His parachute is sort of out already because he yanked on it as he flopped off the side. As he falls, you also see, you know how those runes have been kind of illuminating as you go? So the ones on the wall are like, do, 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 do. It's, you know, like a little sequence of lights as he flies past <laughs> them. The first two or three tears grow, glow in that same teal that they've been glowing in. And then one of them glows bright red and something just erupts out of the glyph zooms towards Fox. It is a vaguely humanoid steel looking blur catches Fox and you hear fall detected arresting momentum and it zoom, lands on the <laughs> other side like in the balcony and then it just gently sets down Fox before zoom, kind of materializing into the other rune on the other side. The red turns back to teal. Fox as you are flying uh, over towards this your parachute does flap out behind you and catch some of the air but the momentum of whatever this you know, sentinel looking thing was is easily enough to overpower it. And so you are forced onto the other balcony and dropped without a hit point of damage uh, into a resting position. Well, that's cool. That is extremely cool. Don't um, although counterproductive for our test. So it did it work? I, uh, <laughs> I, I think it I technically worked. I don't think we worked. can test it with these glyphs around. I agree. I intended for yeah. Fox to jump off the exterior of one of the towers, not oh. in the interior. Well, I mean, he pulled the thing. That's true. Um, I will need to take I a few minutes to reset him, the pack. Man, he took off. <laughs> that is that is correct. <laughs> I will need a few minutes to reset the pack, and then Alan will like yell down, "That was a good warm up, Fox. We're gonna do it on the outside next time." <laughs> Fox is like out of breath. Just he has no idea what just caught him in midair. It was gone so fast it's all a blur. It's like <laughs> So wait, where is Fox? He's three balconies down oh. on the other there. side of the tower He's from you. Three balconies He's down is a great I'm, bard band in the You know Ruda. what? I take off the backpack and I just leave it there. Um <laughs> I go to the nearest index thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, what, what are you looking for? We don't need uh, to continuously where, what floor play the same am conversation. I? What floor am I on? You were on the 14th, right. you fell three, so you're on the 11th balcony. Alright, and what's on this floor? Uh, some stuff. Some interesting things. You get I'm the idea that I am some... plugging in your requests to the balconies <laughs> as we go rather than having an actual map made for myself of where everything might be in this library. Uh, can I can I roll a uh, 
a d20 to determine what I just found, perhaps? Sure. A d6, if it makes it easier on you. Absolutely. Roll your d6. I got a six. Okay. Uh, You are on... You're on a floor with, like, great historical incantations. Um, And as you go through... Without the the somatic or material components, they're just, like, the words of the ancient wizards or whatever. Uh, And so you just pick up the first one. You know, you're in A, whatever. You see, you pick it up, and you just open open the book, and you open it, and it says, We're no strangers to love. I, this must be some sort of love incantation. I continue reading it. It says that you know the rules, uh, but so do I, and that a great commitment is what the uh, the writer was dreaming of at the time. Uh, and you wouldn't get that from like just anyone, really, or anyone else at all, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I go ahead and I, with the whole the whole thing, I'm just going to cut that out. I'm like this. This is a masterpiece right here. Pick any third level bard spell and add it to your spell list, but you must sing "Never Gonna Give You Up" whenever you cast it. <laughs> Josh, we're gonna end the stream right then. That's it. We won. <laughs> you that, won D and D. That was the best DM improvisation I think I have ever heard. <laughs> I think actually that's Josh, the end of the get campaign. an inspiration for that. That's it. You beat the Abolets. <laughs> <laughs> Your next roll that you make, Josh, you get you get advantage. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> and Wash benevolently gifts that to you, Josh. I see that. Just remember yep. that most of my rolls are made for your antagonists. <laughs> um, I rolled well, okay, that. Nat- I rolled that natural twenty on investigating crescendo. That's Could right. I apply that? Could I apply that to reading through that book now that I got yeah, it from absolutely. Fox? Sorry, that was meant to be. Can, like I was going to give you the rest. Of I just it wanted to bring it up. That yeah, was yeah. meant to be. Crescendo is an artifact created in uh, the year 10,100 by the great entity that is uh, it, it's sort of a great communal entity. There isn't a specific name for it. Uh, it is a river rock with a rune on it that magically increases <laughs> the growth of nature within a 30 mile radius. Um, and because it is druidic in nature, it cannot be bound by druid magics. Uh, and so it still works you know, or it should still work uh, here in the uh, post-darkening world. Uh, mm. It was entrusted to Setonia, first avatar of Kotix, for defense, but it was stolen strangely uh, and mysteriously uh, later in the second era. And from then on, nobody has any idea where it was. The historian writes, uh, you know, I theorize that it is in, and then two pages have been burned out of the book. Hmm. Can I cast Mending on the page? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you cast Mending on the page, and the you know the burn shards kind of unfurl, and it you know kind of the reverse burning effect. So the page kind of reforms a little bit of ash dust, kind of like flutter flutters off the edge of it. You kind of brush it off. Um, the the bard from the College of Lore who wrote this theorizes that it has been lost somewhere in the Southern Sea because of the incredible. Um, the uh how would you describe this there's like a very lush ecosystem that is thriving in the sea between aspesh and the uh nomadic lands where zothkug's tribe used to be 
Um, so let me see if I can pull up our map here. I don't know if I have the map loaded into this one, but let me give it a shot. I know what you're talking about. Um, it's up the it's at the on the river here at the go. end of the acid corridor. Yeah. So between Rust Free and this clump of trees, there's kind of a a, a, a random like sort of smaller sea that's landlocked there. Uh, the section of that sea that is a deeper blue is like an exceedingly lush area. So there's a lot of um, uh, a lot of fauna that are growing, but also like the underwater sea creatures that are there and such have been just thriving. And so this this historian theorizes that um, while it may have been stolen originally, it has possibly become lost and embedded in the seabed uh, near this area, or perhaps even deep enough to be, you know, kind of part way down to the underdark, where it would require a serious mining operation to get to it and recover it. Um, they were unable to get down to the Underdark to verify, but they said they have sent some missives to other historians and hope that they will carry on the work on their own. Uh, the historian that they name is a familiar one because recently Fox read about them uh, being in the Underdark near the Drow and the Hematicians, and that historian was obviously busy with war-related efforts, and so they were not able to follow up on this request or missive, and so that's where the inquest stopped. Interesting. That would also put it a significant distance from where you originally met in season one, episode one, which makes it less likely that Crescendo was related to Zothcook's magic plant. Oh, we hmm. were so we were so sure that that was what the magic plant came from. Interesting. <clears throat> While I'm complaint? here, by the way. Man, I want I want to give you like a big list and be just like I want to take like all the time in the world. <laughs> I was actually just about to ask. Um, so we're going to assume that Alan, being an artificer of significant level and having literally the blueprints, is able to craft his parachutes in a reasonable okay. amount of time. So the question is, how long do you want to spend up here studying uh, before you leave and head back down the tower? Well, also I, I do have one other thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said any third level bardic spell, right? That's what I said. <clears throat> All right. I would like to go to um, one of those deceased bodies. Sure. I'm going to play in the sex. <clears throat> Man, I can't. I don't think I can hum it. I have to sing it. So yeah. I apologize. This is not lore accurate. <laughs> We're no strangers to love. <laughs> you know the rules, and so do I. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Our full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. What, what's the spell here? I just want to <laughs> tell you how I'm feeling. Gotta make you understand. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around. Okay. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I'm casting uh, Speak with the Dead. Okay. Um, with one of the corpses I find. That's actually really clutch and really brilliant. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. And then the corpse sits up. <sighs> hey. Uh, 
Man, I really don't want to ask you a question, so I'm just kind of using statements right now. Um, because I only get five, <laughs> according to this um, song. So, um, the five questions of love is what? the title of the book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? What killed you, my man? Lack of air. <laughs> okay. Um, was it sudden, or did you live for multiple days? Over multiple days. Ask two questions. All right, I gotta gotta use these sparingly and intelligently. I got a couple other corpses. It's fine. <laughs> um, what were you doing? Um, when the air became thin and sleeping. Okay, that's not what I meant. Um. <laughs> I found documents mentioning that your order was working on a way to uh, use sacrium. Um, do you know anything about that? No. Did you do anything in between the time the air became thin and you died? Choked. And it like flops back onto its bed. <sighs> I guess I could have asked questions about before that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got more corpses. So I should probably confer with somebody else before I waste. I would have to wait 10 days in between each casting for each corpse. We just stay up here for a year asking the dead questions. Well, guess I'll go ask Jeb what he thinks are important questions. So I head back down. I'm talking to myself, but I'm actually talking to the broom. Just for clarification purposes. Because that makes you seem more sane. I assume the broom doesn't give me any real response besides really wanting to sweep. The broom just, re yeah, it's just like it's ready to go on an adventure and clean up. Yeah, and I just ignore whatever it says and pretend that it's a great listener. Cool. Somewhere deep inside, you kind of miss Kay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are the other three of you up to? Um, going to Fox. Well, treat the rest of your time here as like a block. Like, what are we doing uh, before sure. you leave the tower? I want to know... If, like what it is about <laughs> druid magic and uh, and if we should get crescendo would that allow Zothkug to cast divine magic in like without having to attune to a rod of seven parts or like is yeah, that something <clears throat> like I don't know the nature of it so it's like like is it something that when we have to give up our rods we could use in the meantime or like how does that how does that work? Because uh, druidic magic is arcane in, in nature, and so you would you would still be bound by the same rules. The reason crescendo specifically is not bound by it is, and a better way of writing it. Those were my notes in season one, whenever mm. we came up with it. A uh, better way of describing <laughs> it is that, like the avatars, crescendo is a knot of magic created by a god, um, the the chat god, oh. so to speak. So it works in a limited capacity, the same way that 
K works in a limited capacity, a very <laughs> limited capacity. So <laughs> um, that's what that's what it meant. Like it because it's it's a not of druidic magic. It's not like it can gotcha. be sucked down by the weave. It's like, well, here's this druidic magic. It's here for however long it's here. Gotcha. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay, that could be valuable. Yeah, so um, it could still be useful for casting spells. It just wouldn't be yeah. like... Yeah. I probably would spend my time, uh, one, uh, conferring <coughs> with the others what questions would be great to ask from the dead, um, and then asking the dead those questions. Two, uh, testing um, quite unwillingly, <laughs> but reluctantly, uh, the uh, parachute device. And three, avoiding Zoth passive aggressively <laughs> as much as possible. Sure. Um, what are you hoping to? Well, I guess you guys can work out the questions if you want to that, that oh. Fox is going to ask the dead. But if you have just a target of what you're trying to learn, we can just roll an investigation and turn that into a downtime activity. Oh. Sort of. Anything I, about spell jamming. Okay. Uh, I'm going to write that down. Mm -hmm. I got a spell for, for counteracting <laughs> spells. Oh! Oh! Fox, what if you spoke with the dead with somebody that looked super official and got their credentials and then you could shapeshift into them and maybe we could access like a restricted area of the library? Okay. Um, funny enough, uh, I think I might, I think it only takes me a minute to really get somebody's mannerisms down. And I think Speak with the Dead might just be long enough that I could actually gain their mannerisms. I don't even think it'll take much to fool these guys. I mean, we didn't even have to show credentials for the AOS Lore Foundation. Right. We well, just I mean, they we might ask for more for, you know. Higher profile stuff. Yeah. Right. It's a difference between what's your credentials when you show up at the public library versus what's your credentials showing up at Fort. Yeah. I don't know. Something, some fort. I think, th some fort. I think <laughs> what we did was fort, the man. equivalent <laughs> of just like writing our name on the little paper. Oh, Okay. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I attempt talking to one of the dead, um, about if they have some sort of, um, restricted area uh, for role, knowledge. Roll investigation. This is to find an official looking, uh, wizard. And I'll warn you, the DC is very high. Is that me that's looking for this or Fox? Uh, Fox. You can assist. So, Fox, you can roll it with advantage. Um, can Fox assist me? No, because Fox I, is the I'm, one. I'm casting okay. the spell, but I don't necessarily need to find the corpse. And I'm I just flying. need someone to point out the corpse. Sure, you can do it. You're just trying to use the Rod of Luck on it, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, I could I oh, could okay. make him succeed if, if it was the route of luck. That's true. I just know I'm better at investigating. Like, it doesn't make sense that Jeb would, like, be like, yeah, you go find it when I'm, like, good sure. at investigating that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. If you roll worse than what I just rolled, I'm going to be upset. What did you roll? Uh, well, uh, after <coughs> realizing I have uh, the College of Lore, um, and I made investigation one of my expertise. Oh, look at you. 
Ooh. <laughs> um, I got a 19. I got a 19, and in my presence, both of those crit. Nice. You are able to critically determine that there are no wizards of high rank left at the Citadel. Because oh. you rolled so high in your investigation, you find their chambers and such, um, and you are able to retrace their steps through various things to determine that all the important wizards left. Like, mm. they're the ones who were able to retrofit the spell jammer and get off of the... You know, they're all the really powerful ones anyway, so they were able to keep themselves alive, retrofit the spell jammer, and get off the material plane. Damn. I was hoping well, we'd find one that about, was like really dependent well, on magic. And I was going to say anyway. one of them, one of how about one of their rooms? You find a like a badge or a medal or something like you know a little a little piece of actual identification that they might be able to show. Gotcha. Um, one of them left it behind. You know they were in a hurry. They were working hard. Whatever. They all know each other by sight. It's not that important once they're out of the citadel to carry their ID Is with it them. Too much of a stretch to say that wizards can be very vain sometimes and that they know, have a exactly. portrait of their likeness in their own room <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're I very think, proud people i think it's too vain to suggest that they have a portrait of their likeness in their own room but it's not too vain to suggest that like a country club somewhere there's a hallway with a portrait That's of every <laughs> uh every member of the you know long time member like people who've reached tenure in the order of mm. the right, right, uh, exalted right. ring and so sure you find uh you find a portrait of um barnabarus alabascaboo uh, <laughs> who is a uh conjuration specialist barnabarus barnabarus alabascaboo alabascaboo yeah Ala barnabarus alabascaboo that's a good solid name. Yeah. Barbarous Alabascaboo. Barnabarus. Barnabarus. I put it in the Twitch chat there for you. Barnabarus Alabascaboo. Barnabarus Alabascaboo. I don't know I where mean, he's from, but he's not where I'm from. Now uh, I know why you just call me Jeb. <laughs> Barnabarus's wife called him Boo. But. Mm, mm. <laughs> All right. Um, Barnabarus Alabascaboo. That's a cool name. Yeah, I'm. It's I'm gonna. I'm name. gonna go on a limb and hope to God they call him B. A. Barney. Uh, <laughs> Barney. Yeah, Barney. Right. Um, Barney Alabascaboo. I'm gonna go into his wardrobe, <laughs> find close. some stuff that like roughly looks like him. Yeah. Uh, in the portrait. Because your armor doesn't change clothes or change. He can't. Or it's a two two. Well, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. Met with Clara. It's a two two. That's right. I don't think it was six months long. It was forever. There was no end date on it. God. All right. Well, Fox is going to have to talk. Uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and um, put words, uh, put put on the clothes and then put words to my thoughts and um, <laughs> go down one of the index. I need to make a gif of of the the <laughs> of the spire just like rotating with with the little steps going up and fox just walking with the tutu bouncing just like an infinitely animating gif of it constantly spiraling up um so yeah i'll uh sure i'll go to the index you go back to the index you tell it you're Barnabarus Alabascaboo and it asks what you're looking for. Um, 
<laughs> something secret. Wait, the restricted area. <laughs> the restricted section. Um, I have seemed to have used anti-memetic magic and have forgotten my place um, and where I'm at. Can can you re-show me uh, where I need to go in order to find um, our most sacred and hidden knowledge? In order to prevent unauthorized access, that kind of information is not present in the autonomous sentry system. You will need to find a curator and ask them about that. <laughs> There is no curator to be found. In order to prevent unauthorized access, that kind of information is not stored in the uh, automated sentry system. You will need to find a curator. Can and you ask give them me a map that. of the location? Because I'm lost. I can provide hey. a map. And the hologram disappears and a tiered map of the library appears. It's just the library. Can you provide me a map of the larger area? In order to prevent unauthorized access, that kind of information is not stored within the automated sentry system. You will need to find a curator and ask them about that. Where is the nearest curator center? The curator's desk is located on the first floor. All Where right. It? It's worth a shot. I'm looking like Jeb has just got his nose in his book looking at his spells while you're doing that. Maybe we can find a curator. You can ask him questions. Cause, cause, like, if you're still dressed as the person, they oh. need to. They respond to like who you're talking you're to, right. right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So we go down to the first floor and see if we can't find someone who looks like a curator. You find a curator's desk. Well, I guess they wouldn't die at their desk. That'd be kind of sad, wouldn't it? <laughs> they were like uh. really passionate about their job. <laughs> All right, I go to look for any documents or just, like, anything written down that might have been, like, oh, so-and-so's on shift this day. You um, find some documents, but they don't seem to imply that there's anything secret hidden in the Citadel. It seems like most of the secrets are hidden on the individual, uh, like, uh, sort of ring city things that they made. I don't think we're going to find anything too crazy here, Jim. Each one of them does seem to have like a bunker of some kind on it that contains like a, an archive of interesting information on each of those kind of... Each like, one of the traveling cities? Yeah, each one of the like floating ring world things. Not with that in, uh, attitude, we're not. I mean, we could search private quarters. I mean, that's where I... The only thing I can think of people would hide things they didn't want public knowledge. Right? As if they were working on their own project? Maybe. Uh, I'm surely these people had private workshops. That's like what you all dream of, right? You and Owlin having your own, like, little tinkering area. I mean, that this, is the this dream. Is like, this is like where the dreamers end up, right? Like, this, this is the place to dream to be. So I'd imagine there must be private tinkering shops places. I mean, this place is not inhabited, so I would love to just, like, lay claim to it, even though it is kind of heresy for my people. Um, I would love to just, like, have this place as mine. Well, I, I, I mean, nothing's stopping you, but, I mean, except for the fact that Aside from the made. heresy, yeah. Don't take this the wrong way, little dude, but it's going to be a process to get back up here again. I'm not sure this is kind of worth it as like, like it's cool real estate, but is it good real estate? You know what I mean? 
I guess like, with permanent magic, maybe, man. Maybe if, like, if we fix magic, then you could come back and just get here first, you know? Like, they're still going to be dead when we fix magic, if we fix well, magic. I mean, so then not you the come original back. owners. A lot you of them left. And, like, and Well, yeah, but they're, like, who knows when they'll find out. If they're in the Outer Plains, maybe there's no magic out there, too. What do we know, you know? But let's be honest. I mean, Jeb, are you okay pissing off a bunch of, like, ancient wizards? Um, as long as I'm better than them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think it's just a numbers game. I'm mm. gonna be honest. Like I, mm. I I 100% believe you could take one one on one in a duel. I I I believe that. But two, five, ten, a hundred. Hey man, I can do miracles. I'm a miracle worker. That's me. That's that's mm. a statement to make about yourself. That's a particular kind of vibe. I can't deny that, though. See? You did save <sighs> my life quite a few times in what I can only describe as a miracle. Yeah, and you save mine, and, and he does yeah. like the little A, punch, 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 back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DM. Me, me. Yes. Um, are there precious gems and metals in the material store? A hey, little bit of every material. Stop stepping on Alan's thing that he's doing the rest of the time. Let's come back to Alan because Fox and, <laughs> and Jeb have been having a moment for a little bit. Sure. But we'll come back to that, yeah. Jeb. There are, there's a little okay. bit of every material. So, yes. As Alan uh, is going to spend the rest of his time making the parachutes, but then also collecting samples from the different materials that are available like things that he hasn't seen before things that he'd like to learn more about like spend more time studying he's just going to collect samples of of things that like materials that interest him okay um they're like you only have so much space in your pack yeah small so, samples <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to like unless you're taking like literal pinches of dust of each material like okay. we're gonna have to be a little bit more picky Get than specific. that there is some of every known material on the material plane okay. present here uh, he's so. gonna take uh, specifically um, material chat. That's the face of someone who's scrolling through his spell list, looking at the components he needs. <laughs> no, not, no, it's not. Or oh, it's the face of Wash doing that, probably. Yes. 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 Uh, and Trevor. Uh, uh, yes. Fox. Not Fox. Jib. Hey, I was just coming up here to uh, to get some ruby. What you what you pulling together? Oh, uh, I just thought a lot of this was very interesting. I think it would be interesting to find materials to perhaps uh, make you a new spell focus firearm. That was oh. what was interesting me. Um, Alan, but, I'll also say, like, just because you have so much time to research and this is kind of what you're focusing on for the time mm -hmm. you're up here, you also find one of the materials that Laredith has been bemoaning not having for her machine to stabilize oh. the Rod of Seven Parts. So well, you don't know Alan if it's enough, but you definitely can like take a handful of that. Yeah, Alan will take a handful of that. Maybe pick um, like four more materials to take a, like while, a sizable handful of. Okay. While Alan is doing this, Jeb yeah. is going to take his marvelous pigments and paint on the ground a little case with bottle like jars and like lids on them and everything, so that we can like put materials into them and like. Close sure. the top, almost like a little a little red toolbox. Cool, that nice. kind of like whoop opens up with little jars inside. Yeah, Trevor's got a hand up. What's up, Trevor? I wanted to ask uh, what value diamonds they store here. 
uh, there is up to, we'll say, 500 gold pieces of any particular material uh, in the store, the storehouses here. So that's the the level of value because they they're they have so many materials like they're you know they're like shoebox sized or smaller containers um, yeah. in order to store them all. So up okay. to 500 gold pieces of any material. So you can take. Um, uh, you know, four. You can take six. Alan can take four because he's got one book. Jeb, you can take maybe just one. You've got like five books, right? That you threw in your pack. You've got, um, you've got the the necromancy one. You've got the demonomicon. You've got uh, Tasha's book of the dead. Tasha's book of the dead. Um, and then you took one of the ones you found today, right? That was Tasha's book. Oh, of the day. yeah. Okay, cool. So you got three. So, so then you can take two materials instead of just one. So for Revivify, it says diamonds worth 300. <laughs> so I could. Yeah, take so you can get 300 gold pieces worth of diamonds easily. You Actually, you get perfect. 500 gold pieces worth. Yeah. For a resurrection, it says one diamond worth at least 1,000. So not that. Yeah. Mm. You can decide if the diamonds that you found are you know, multiples or a single one? Um, I think I get multiples because greater restoration is diamond dust worth at least a hundred. Okay. So that means you've got one of each basically, or I guess two greater restorations and one revivify. Um, I can use fabricate to combine split or turn to dust any amount of mineral that you have. Perfect. It doesn't That's really make better. a difference as far as encumbrance. Like I'm not tracking the weight or anything like right, that. Right, but I'm just saying sure like realistic amounts. For like, the purpose in case of they forms. didn't have dust. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. For the purpose of forms. Cool. I'm what, going okay. to take. I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, no, you you, you no, were here uh, first. You were here first. Okay. I'm, I'm what still I, What I am envisioning is that Alan Alan has a vision of creating a firearm slash spell focus for Jeb that is like Jake just froze. Soup. Oh. Did Jake just die? Jake? No, I'm here. I'm here. I can hear you. I can hear you. Can you not hear me? Oh, we're so close to the end of the the stream. I wonder if his laptop just died. No, I'm right here. (laughs) Jake's gone. Jake has died. Uh, We'll work out with Jake in the chat. Or he'll jump back in here in a second from his phone, maybe. Um, I just wanted to add in there. uh, (laughs) The only thing I... I don't know if I mentioned already is I, I do want to talk with Kay about changelings. Okay. Um, maybe, I don't know, figure out something I'm not aware of, you know, about my history. Just, yeah. General curiosity. Sure. About, you know, yeah, I, I found the founder of my people. Right. Right. It's like I found Adam. Yeah. Right. Or Eve. So, so you're just asking him like about the history of the changelings and that kind of thing. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe he knows some like weird changeling stuff. He's like, yeah, did you ever know you could do this? And you know, he just like turns his neck 360 degrees or something. I don't know. Okay, um, I'm not sure that that conversation is worth role playing because I'm not no, sure how not. it would go. But you definitely have it. Okay. Um, is there anything else, Wash, uh, that you would be doing with your time? Uh. I'm going to take some ruby. Um, <laughs> I, I think they spell it R-W-B-Y. Yeah, up here. that's how I spell it. You get 500 yeah. gold pieces worth of ruby. Uh, 
And then I'm going to uh, perk up at at the idea of uh, of Jake. I'm sorry, not Jake Allen talking about like a new blunderbuss or something like like yeah. What's uh what's this? This is this is, sounds really. We will interesting. work out. Okay, oh, hey, can you hear me? Back. Yeah, we got yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, hey, yeah, you're uh, back. You you just rambled on a really long stretch there for a second. Specif- specifically, Discord screwed up completely. It was nothing to do with my internet, nothing to do with anything else. You, there was like Weird. a whole minute where That's I okay. was like, you guys can't hear me? So I back. can hear you. Anyways, okay. Um, Alan's vision here is to create a spell focus for Jeb that is extremely durable. Um, like something that if we went through something insane, that it would like stay together and be working just as fine as something that was like, you know, that that has never been harmed. So I guess the, the out of character thing that I'm imagining is Alan wants to like make a completely like carbon fiber and metal Ooh, gun for like it's like got powdered like, adamantine in it. Yeah, I was gonna say like, like maybe some mithril adamantine compound that he makes. Yeah, he gets the benefits of both the lightweight kind of uh, benefits of the mithril and the strength of the adamantine. Yeah, yeah he wants cool. he wants something for Jeb that's gunmetal gray. Sure. So. If it's, uh, okay, so if it's that if it's that sturdy and that that means we could make it more compact. It wouldn't have to be really big, and yeah. it could probably it could probably like. House raw sacria. Mm, yes. That is quite an interesting application. I like that a lot. So Alan wants to collect materials for that, basically. Cool. Cool. Uh, Alan um, does so. You, you collect the materials right. you need, but you'll still need to use the downtime to make it at some point. Maybe sure. on the cunning boat. On that'll be on the boat, yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, when everybody else is done collecting stuff, Fox can't help it. He's just going to collect every little precious gem he sees. He can collect <laughs> uh, four handfuls of four precious gems. I was about to say, like, just, just like a couple pounds, you know, like enough to fill like a, a So just like emeralds and stuff, like not a particular component or whatever, just like quote unquote nah. precious gem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, get, you get four handfuls of precious gem TM worth 2,000 gold pieces. Okay. Anything else before you all leave? That is it for hey, Owen. Foxman, do, do you want to do your leg before we leave? or Not the problem right now, Zoth. This is the safest you know, time about, to do it. You're having this conversation jump. as you walk down the hallway towards the like double doors that lead back out onto the Pillar of Eternal Vigil. You know, Who knows the what trouble will be in? The glowing yeah. runes illuminating your path. Yeah, Sorry, I'm about to make a jump here uh i you know right now is not really the time the runes in front of you turn from uh green to orange and it, you know it's it's, it's it's just what it is they uh, turn from orange so, to red so i really think that perhaps uh we should talk about this another time why are you being so weird man with a massive explosion of rock Two of those sentinel creatures erupt out of the ground, standing on top of a bright red rune. Uh, the red is kind of just reflecting off of them. They're blocking the exit. Now, I don't want you to mistake me. It wasn't like they were hidden and they jumped up. I mean, they kind of popped into existence with this big explosion of rock, like they erupted out of the rune. 
The red light of that rune reflects brightly off of their emotionless steel facade, and a single glowing orb of blue is the closest that they have to a face. At the end of one arm is a tower shield that tapers toward the ground. At the end of the other arm is a hand balled into a fist. The best way to describe the rest of their armor is visualize Samus all suited up, except give her like a chrome, platinum, and gold paint job. They stand okay. there in front of you. Dangerous item detected. Offsite access restricted. Present oh, whoa, credentials. Whoa. And on that note, tonight's Dungeons <laughs> & Dragons session comes to a close.